could hear some murmurings of, oh, that's good. <laughs> it is good, isn't it? It's a, it's a real kind of juicy kind of landing to this book of James. I hope you've uh, enjoyed digging into the book of James. It's one of the first books I think I read when I became a Christian. I read uh, the Gospel of Mark, obviously. You've got to read Mark, haven't you? <laughs> because I read Mark uh, when I was aged about 16, 17, when I first became a Christian. And I really remember being encouraged to read James as a young Christian, because it says what it says, doesn't it? It's blunt, it's obvious. And so we're going to finish with these blunt, obvious words. Thank you for bringing up my screen. I'll use my clicker as well. So yeah, we've landed our series. We've been thinking about what does it mean to be courageous and Christ-like? What does it mean to be like Christ, being brave, being bold, taking Jesus at his word? Not easy, is it, to actually go, wow, Jesus, I want to be like you. I want to do the things you do. I want to say the things you say. I want to treat people like you treat people. That is brave. That's courageous. And I've sensed as we've journeyed through, James, that that's been our heart, that we don't just want to turn up on a Sunday and go, we believe in Jesus, which is good and it's right. But we also heard in James, isn't it, that even devil, the enemy, believes in Jesus. We want to be people that live like Jesus, that act like Jesus, that speak like Jesus, that listen like Jesus. We want to be courageous. And so it's great that as we come into land, there's a bit of crossover into this transformation series. We want to be changed. James is reminding us as we come into land in this book of James that we need to pray. We need to seek the God of miracles today. We need to be transformed So that's where we're going to carry on. So I think the two do fit together really well. I'm going to pray as we start. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for how it's spoken to us. Thank you for how it's spoken to me, this book of James, that's so blunt and short and just to the point. And I thank you that your word is like that. It cuts through like a two-edged sword. And I pray this morning that your word would cut through again as I speak, as we hear together, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would be transformed, we would be changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, just forgot to put that one up as well, but we want to push into this vision of seeing lives transformed by Jesus. We want, as we move forward as a church, to continue to see my life change, to see our lives change. And this passage helps us to do that. I don't know if you're like me, but do you ever need things saying more than once? (laughs) There's a few more of you out there. Things like... uh, don't forget the bins, you know, I'm learning Somerset days are different, so, you know, I've got to have my bin out on Wednesday night, I'm learning that one, what box does what, all of that stuff, I love a bit of recycling, but, um, yeah, so, do you ever need telling, yeah, bins tomorrow, or things like, in our house, don't forget to pick up the kids, you know, that one's always a good one, isn't it, I've been told that one a few times, oh, where am I, get a message from Erin, oh, quick, um, don't, don't forget that birthday. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not good on that one. I think I missed my sisters on Monday. Sorry, Joy, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> she does watch sometimes online. Uh, bless her. Yeah, so 
we miss things, but we need things saying again and again. We need it, don't we? Our brains, boop, one in, one out. If you're anything like me, things drop out. Um, (laughs) But James is really kind, and he is blunt, as I've said already, in that he says things again. If This end passage in James 5 actually sounds quite like some of the stuff he said at the start in James 1. He started off with talking about persevering, He talks about testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then he ends with talking about patience. Matt did two weeks about about patience in suffering, waiting for the judgment, the day of the Lord. James 5, 7 said, be patient then until the Lord's coming. So we've started with perseverance and we've ended with a bit of patience. And so... And and at the beginning, James starts with asking for what we need. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, guess what? Ask God for it, who is generous and without fault, and he will give it to you. And here this morning, we read, as as we end James, it said, is any of you in trouble? Pray, ask, in other words. So we started with persevering and ended with patience. We started with asking, and we've ended James in prayer like he's planned it, isn't it? It's like this little dovetail bringing it all in together. And so there's this kind of tension. I don't know if you ever noticed this. The more I learn and grow and uh, get things wrong as a Christian, as I stumble and fall and go forward and back and up and down and learn in this life, um, I realise that being a Christian is a tension. Have you ever noticed that? It's a bit like a seesaw for me. Sometimes I could swing too far one way and Jesus goes, no, come on, Mark, that's where you need to be. Or I can tip too far that way. No, come on, hold things in tension. That's what I'm learning as a Christian. It's taken me a while, but I'm learning that we have to hold things in tension. And so James is saying here, we need to be patient. That might tip that way. Oh, just sit back, do nothing. I'm going to be patient, Jesus. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And then he goes, no, no, but I want you to pray. Oh, I've got to get busy, I've got to do stuff. No, Mark, you need to be patient and you need to pray. You need to hold things in tension. So we've got to hold that balance sometimes as Christians, haven't we? You probably see it in other things. Sometimes we're called to wait. Sometimes we're called to act. And we've got to hold those things in tension. Sometimes we're called to listen. I am just listening, Lord, just listening. Sometimes we're called to speak. You know, and some people go, oh no, I'm a listener. I don't do any, I don't tell people about Jesus. I just listen, I just listen. No, there's a point where we've got to speak. Some of us think we've got two mouths and one ear, and we just talk, 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 and God sometimes goes, no, Mark, close your mouth. (laughs) You need to listen. We need to hold things in tension. And so James is reminding us of, yes, we need to be patient, we need to persevere, but we also need to pray and expect God to do miraculous things, to do supernatural things, that prayer can break through through the patience, through the waiting. And prayer reminds us that we believe in a supernatural God that reaches into our lives. James hasn't spoken much about the supernatural life of a disciple. I think mainly because he just assumes that's what being a Christian is. Being a follower of Jesus should expect the supernatural, should expect the unexpected, the miraculous. And yet, Sometimes we need reminding of, yeah, God, you are bigger, you are powerful, you are mighty, your Holy Spirit is at work today. We need encouraging in that, don't we? I think the early church, we sometimes think, oh, they had it easy, it was happening all the time. 
It probably was more than we see today, certainly in this country. But I think we should still expect the miraculous, the supernatural, God to break in into those moments of perseverance and patience as he acts through prayer. Prayer is the vital link that keeps us connected to the author and perfecter of our faith. I'll say that again. Prayer is the vital link. He's the pivot in the seesaw, isn't he? Prayer is that vital link that keeps us connected to the author and perfecter of our faith. And so I just want to dig into three ways uh, that James encourages us to pray in this passage to pray. We're called to pray for ourselves. We're called to ask others to pray for us and anoint us with oil to gather those around us, to bless us and pray with us. And we're also encouraged to pray for each other together as church. So I'm just going to dig into these three this morning. The first one we heard is, is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. James doesn't specifically say what this trouble is. The message version said hurting. Are you hurting? Are you in trouble? Pray. It's really blunt. Really simple again, isn't it? James is really clear. If you're in trouble, pray. Pray for yourself. Sometimes I think, oh, I need to be praying for everything that's going on in the world. There's so much need. God's not interested in me my little troubles, my little worries. No, we're called here, aren't we? Jesus tells us to go, close our door, seek him, meet with Jesus, to pray. When we're in trouble, when we're hurting, to pray. The Christian life isn't always this way amazing mountaintop experience. Next week in Holiday Club will be, way, it will be amazing. But it will also be hard. Your Monday, I don't know what your Monday looks like, could be challenging. Some of us here know what we're going into on Monday and it will be tough. And we need prayer for that. We need to gather around others and we need to say, stand with me, pray with me, hold me. We know that times of trouble and struggle come. But we are promised the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counsellor, the one who's with us, standing with us in our trouble. Whatever that trouble might be, whether it's physical, mental, whether it's a personal thing, financial, it might be a spiritual element of our lives that we're struggling with. God knows our troubles. The Holy Spirit knows where we're at and we're called to pray. Seeking the strength of God in prayer. Peter writes this, cast your anxiety on him for he cares for you. Other ones, I think it's a song, isn't it? Cast your burdens unto Jesus for he cares for you. Cast your worries, your hurting, your troubles Bring them to Jesus. Whatever that thing that's worrying, unsettling, causing trouble this morning, pray. Seek God in prayer. And we're called to pray continually. Not just, ah, I prayed once. It's that daily rhythm that I am still learning of how how do I live my life in this continuous prayer of seeing things, of noticing things, I'm going, I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to keep reminding. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He nudges us and goes, oh, come on, Mark. Have you noticed that? Have you spotted that? Have you seen that person? We pray continually through the day. It's good to pray for ourselves when we're in trouble. But I also like the fact that it says, 
when we're, I've lost the verse, where did it say? Let them, it said, if anyone is happy, let them sing. Sing songs of praise. And I think we need both, don't we? We need both. We need the singers and we need the prayers. And sometimes one day, it's the tension again, isn't it? One day you'll be a singer. Whee! The world's amazing. Next week, next day, next moment, you might be a prayer. And actually it's that tension again. We need to be prayers on our knees but we also need to be singers, hands in the air, or however you like to worship. We need to be praising God. When things are good, let's praise God. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? We, we kind of go, oh, God, you answered that prayer. Brilliant. Moving on. <laughs> no, no. Thank you, God. You are good. Uh, whatever your voice is like, I don't know. But, yeah, we, that idea of our life being act of praise, act of worship as we respond. We want to be people that pray and praise. We want to be doing both, don't we? You might have someone around you who's a great singer and wants to praise God and love, and that encourages me. I know some of the best times uh, of, of meeting with God is actually when I'm in trouble, but I still choose to praise and pray. I don't know if you've been at funerals at all, when people worship in funerals. Man, I'm just thinking of a few now. I'm sure you've got some, haven't you? Those moments where you sing how great thou art at a funeral or something like that, where you go, God, you are good. We praise you, but I'm hurting. I'm in trouble, but God, I praise your name. That is, for me, those moments where we go, God, you are in control. You are the God that hears our prayers, that hears our troubles. And we praise you. We sing lots of songs, don't we? Blessed be your name. When the sun's shining down on me, or whatever the other bit is, where the rain's pouring or whatever, and the road's marked with suffering. We do both, don't we? So let's be prayers, pray for ourselves when we're in trouble, but also thank God, praise God for his goodness to us. We need both. We need both. That's my second one. Pray for ourselves, but also sing as well. Um, the second point is probably can't read that it's more of a symbol of that oil that oil of anointing verse 14 says if any among you is ill let's call the elders the leaders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the lord um so james now expands a little bit and goes ah this trouble for some people is a physical thing it's a physical healing so not always, but sometimes our troubles come from how we feel in our bodies. Um, I keep joking, I, I've got loads of ivy over my new house uh, that I've moved into. And um, Ali's laughing because I keep telling Ali about it. And, and every weekend or every bit of time, I just go and t- pull a bit more ivy off. And I keep reacting to it. I'm like, why am I doing it? <laughs> I keep having this reaction. I keep feeling unwell. You know, it makes my throat all close. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, it's gonna, but it's annoying me. So we do things. I don't know why I'm telling you about that. But <laughs> we get illness in our lives. It comes in in different ways. We get ill. And so here we're called to call for the elders to, to come and pray with us, to come and meet with us. We need godly, wise people that are gifted and anointed and able to pray and have faith to pray for that healing. We need those people around us that we can go, would you pray with me? feeling rough I really need you just to come and pray with me it's an active thing in this praying isn't it we're not just called to pray on our own sometimes we have to seek people out we have to go actually I'd love to meet with you I'd love you to come around my house 
That's probably how it would have been in James's time. People that couldn't come to church, couldn't come to the gathering and be prayed for. And so they would go, come, come and pray with me. It's a really active thing, an expectant thing that we go, I need you, God. I need you to break through in the healing in my life. Who could I call? Who could I ask to come and pray with me? And it's a real privilege to be asked to pray for someone for healing. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of praying with people for healing. It's humbling when people go, would you pray with me? And it's always good to go, yes. <laughs> Even if you don't feel you can pray you know, for healing, I think we've just got to go, great. Someone's asked me, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to lay hands. I'm going to go, yeah, we're up for this. Let's pray together. And so it's that privilege of being able to walk together, being brave, asking for prayer, seeking God, knowing that he is the healer. He is the one that heals. It's not us. It's not anything I do. It's not about the oil. It's about the God of heaven who loves us and wants to give his healing gift to those that ask. Um, There's also that encouragement of standing together, bringing people together and going, Jesus, we stand with this person as they're suffering, as they're struggling, as it's hard. And yet, probably already in your head, you're going, yeah, but sometimes God doesn't heal. What about if I pray and it doesn't, nothing changes? That niggle comes in. And for me, I haven't, there isn't a formula. I don't know why God heals some and he doesn't heal others. I'm going to be really honest with you. It's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> it's tricky. And we could pretend that it always works when I pray for healing for people. Uh, but my experience is, sometimes I pray with people and they've been healed. Sometimes not. But actually, the gathering and the praying, God always comes in. God always draws near in that moment where we bring God into a situation and we ask for healing. But it is a mystery. and I'm pleased it is a mystery. I'm glad it's not a formula that we can just do A, B and C and mm, God heals. I'm, I love the fact that it's a mystery of uh, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people are healed through change of circumstances that they need to stop and rest. I've prayed that for people. God, help this person to stop. Help them to find Sabbath rest, to do life different. God can answer that prayer by stopping. Sometimes I've known God heal through medical help. By saying, you need to go and see a doctor. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm also going to go and I'll go with you to the doctor if needed, you know. Have you done some of those as well with people? Yeah, and that is the wisdom that the Holy Spirit gives, I believe, as well. To go, actually, yeah, I'm going to pray with you, but I'm also going to point you to those people that can help you as well. Because I know medicine can help, and we need to use both. It's that tension again, prayer and wisdom. And um, interestingly, oil was used uh, medicinally. Anointing someone with oil in, in Old Testament, New Testament times was a sign of, actually it, was, it had healing properties. Think about the Samaritan man. What did he do when the guy was all beaten up? He wrapped uh, his band, he wrapped, put bandages on him with olive oil and, and wine. And he, it was healing. It was a healing balm. As the disciples went out the first time, they, they went with oil to anoint those that they met. So it's interesting that the oil has this healing property but for us, I think the key thing is, is the prayer. It's not the oil that's special. And I have got oil this morning, and we'd love to pray and anoint people with oil. You might put your hands out and just receive a dot on your hands or on your head or you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just a bit of olive oil. The oil is not 
anything special. It's that coming to God in prayer with our hands open going, God, I need you. I need healing this morning. I need help. I need healing. I want to receive that anointing. Now, oil is a symbol of God's anointed. Um, There's more I could say on that. I think I could go into the fact that sometimes uh, we're fearful to come and receive that prayer. Some of us, even this morning, as I'm talking about receiving prayer a bit later on, are getting a bit, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Because what if God doesn't heal me? What if God doesn't do that? Does it mean I've done something wrong? Does it mean God doesn't love me? We can end up blaming ourselves. That's certainly not what James is saying here. It does speak about the prayer offered in faith will make the person well. But I don't believe it's about me having enough faith that God heals me. I believe we come and we go, God, I'm open to you. I I know you can heal. I'm going to trust you to heal. Uh, But I also recognize that might not be your way, your plan. Even Paul himself, who healed loads of people, he left a friend sick. I can't even say his name. Trophimus. It's not that, is it? Something like that. But he left this guy behind and he says... And 2 Timothy 4, that he leaves him still sick. And it's like, Paul, why have you left him sick? He's your brother, he's your friend. Well, even Paul maybe couldn't heal everyone. I think he couldn't. He had this thorn in the flesh himself that he lived with. Different people don't know what that is. Was it a physical thing, a mental thing? But Paul was struggling himself. And God didn't heal him, it appears. So, it's a mystery. But should we always ask for prayer? James says, yes. Call people to pray. Ask others to pray with you for healing. Expect the God of miracles to come. Expect God to draw near in the mystery, in the wonder. Ask for that anointing. It's that symbol of God's love and presence pouring out in our lives. That's my second point. Come with others and ask for healing. And my last point is this one here. It speaks of Praying together with others. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. So we've got this private prayer, the things that we're worried about. We've got this coming together, asking specifically for leaders, elders, those equipped to pray for healing. And then we've got coming to each other, speaking to each other, confessing to each other. It's an invitation to us all, not just a few. It's God's family living an accountable life where we share our lives with each other. Now I'm not saying, please don't mishear me, that we have to suddenly go around and tell everyone, oh man you won't believe what I've done this week, (laughs) we just have a coffee with everyone, I'll tell the next one. It's not that. What we should be doing is living lives that are accountable and open. I had the privilege of living in a Christian community called Lee Abbey. Um, we had different rules of life. It sounds very... But communities often have a rule, often a guideline of how to live together. And one of the rules, the one that I found the hardest, I think, was to live openly and honestly and, not share, and, sh- and to be able to share anything with anyone if love and wis- wisdom required it. In other words, we were called, because you're living together, to keep accountable lives. You know, if, if a little split comes in community, it's just a mess. So we were called to live openly. So if someone annoyed me, if they'd offended me, we'd we'd go, can we just have a chat? Uh, That really upset me, that really hurt me. It's 
hard to do. But I tell you what, the love that comes when we live in that open way of going, I'm going to love you, and because I love you, I, w- I want to share where you've maybe upset me. And actually, I need to be open to hear how I've upset you, because I did do that as well. I got it wrong, and people came and told me, and I had to hear that, and I had to say, yeah, you're right, and I'm sorry. But there's something special. When we come together, we confess, and then we pray, and then we ask for healing. And so we're called to live in this way together. The message version of this I really like. It says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may live together whole and healed. We want to be a people that's transformed to live whole and healed. I really like that. I want to be people that live openly and honestly with you. I want to be able to share where I'm struggling and go, would you pray for me? I used to love just being at Lee Abbey because it was a Christian community. So you'd walk down the corridor and someone would go, oh, I'm really struggling with that person today. Or, oh man, I'm feeling really sick. I'm feeling really rough. And we'd just stop and go, hand on the shoulder. Can I pray for you? Boom. Pray. Right. Get on with your work. And then you just carry on, you know, because you were busy, you know. But it becomes part of who we are, you know. As we walk alongside each other, it'd be lovely to go, oh, Debbie, how are you doing today? Oh, not great. Can I pray with you? Great. Let's pray. You know, doing it out in the street when we meet friends, even those that aren't Christians, we're called to take this balm, this oil of love that the Holy Spirit puts in us for others, isn't it? That we journey alongside each other. So I want to encourage us to be brave, to be courageous, to be more like Christ in how we pray, how we gather. We just go, I'm going to pray for you. I want to pray God's healing blessing on you. I want to pray for what you need this morning. James reminds us that he uses ordinary people just like us. And then he goes on and gives the example of Elijah as an ordinary person, which doesn't necessarily encourage him. But he was ordinary. He was a man. He was flesh and blood. And he also prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years, and it didn't. And then he prayed it would rain, and it did. God uses ordinary people. Do we believe that? Do I believe that he uses me and you? I do. I believe he uses ordinary people to bring about his kingdom, to bring about God's ways, not our ways. So, just in summary, prayer is the key. We want to be people that pray. We want to pray for ourselves. Are we in trouble this morning? Is there things that are hurting? Pray for yourself. We're encouraged to do it. Pray for the things that you need this morning. I want to encourage you. We're going to have an opportunity to pray for other people this morning. We're called to pray for healing. So ask for that healing, that anointing. That healing might be, God, I just need more of you this morning. I need more of your spirit. I need a fresh start. I want to go again with you. I want to seal that in with an anointing on my hands this morning. I want to say yes to you, Jesus. Then come and make that your yes as you journey with Jesus afresh this morning. And I want to encourage us to to be people that keep a short account with each other that are open and honest and loving towards each other, but are also people that pray for each other, that pray for each other in healing. God has given his spirit to all people, not just a chosen through. His spirit is alive in you if you are saying yes to Jesus and following him. So I want to encourage you this week, uh, maybe wake up in the morning and go, Jesus, who do you want me to pray with today? my father-in-law's prayer. Holy Spirit, would you fill me afresh as his feet hit the carpet every morning? He prays this every day. 
Jesus, who do you want me to speak to today? Who do you want me to pray with? Who do you want me to show your love to today? That's the kind of people, that's the kind of person I want to be more of. Jesus, who do you want me to share my life with? Who do you want me to pray for? How do you want me to be your hands and feet today? Let us seek Jesus in prayer. Let's seek Jesus in prayer for ourselves. Let's seek Jesus in prayer for others. Prayer is the key in all of this. Knowing our loving Father through prayer, seeing our lives transformed as we meet with our loving Father and seeing others transformed as we pray and seek God for them. I'm going to pray now and I'm going to ask Nathan and uh, the group just to come. We're going to respond in prayer, speaking this amazing, beautiful, mysterious name of Jesus. We want to lift his name up. We want to sing this morning and we want to pray. We're going to do both. We've got some time and we're going to do a bit of both as we come and prepare ourselves around the table as well. So I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, uh, we we love you and we love your word and we love hearing uh, all that you have for us. Thank you that you're blunt with us and I thank you for these blunt words from James. I pray that we would hear them, we would live them and we would act on them. I pray that if we're in trouble this morning, we would seek you in prayer. If we're hurting, we would seek your face. If we need healing, if we need a touch uh, from your Holy Spirit, the miraculous work, the thing that we don't understand, or I don't say that I understand, but we say we have faith. We come and we ask for that healing this morning in the name of Jesus. I pray for your healing for your people this morning. And I pray that we would be people that love each other and care for each other and live openly and pray for each other for healing so many different ways, Lord. Would you make us your body, your people, teach us how to care and to love and to live for you, Jesus, I pray.